You are in the Spirit, since the Spirit of God dwells in you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. We may not often think about it, but of all the New Testament literature, St. Paul's letters are the oldest sources we have about Jesus, predating the four Gospels by several decades. And Paul writes that for those who are in Christ and Christ is in them, the Spirit of God dwells in you. This ought to strike us as an astonishing assertion, definitely not something to be glossed over or taken for granted. But we might ask, just how does this Spirit of God, this Christ, come to dwell in us? Us is the key word here, since in the original Greek, Paul writes in the plural when he uses the word you, something our English translation cannot indicate. So Paul's you is not you as in Father Dion you, but rather you, and not just this congregation gathered here, but also all others in the infinite, inclusive ripples that emanate outward from this circle. The great, collective you. Yet we live in 21st century America, where individualism and independence seem to reign supreme even after we all collectively endured a deadly pandemic. And so, seen through this lens of the great collective you, it is interesting to note that throughout his epistles, Paul rarely writes about an individual's relationship to Christ. Rather, he speaks almost exclusively of the individual in the context of the faith community, the community of Christ's body, the priesthood of all believers. So how does Christ and the Spirit of God come to dwell in us, the great collective us, in this Pauline sense, in all of us who believe ourselves to be believers? Well, along comes our gospel passage for today from Matthew, commonly known as the parable of the sower, which is rich, with, rich in very depths of meaning. These multifaceted layers of meaning help us see just what things we ought to do, as our collect for today urges, and just how we might find ourselves equipped with the grace and power faithfully to accomplish them, as our collect continues. 
And I might add, which things might prepare, enable, and empower us as a community of faith to receive Christ and the Spirit of God into our midst so that God's Spirit might dwell among us. An interesting side note. The Greek word for dwell is a technical word for pitching a tent, setting up shop, or moving into a new neighborhood. So in his letter to the Romans, Paul is inviting the Christian community in Rome and each and every one of us at St. Anne's to welcome the Spirit into our midst, to invite the Spirit to move right in, to feel right at home in our communities, to prepare fertile ground in Annapolis or wherever we may find ourselves, fertile ground in which the Spirit might be a sower of seeds of faith, holiness, righteousness, reconciliation. One of the first things we might notice in today's gospel from Matthew is the repetition. A sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, this is clearly no random person scattering seed hither and yon, carelessly hoping that gravity and good luck will take care of the rest. No, this sower is carefully sowing which points to a practiced skill. This seed goes where it is supposed to go. No soil is left bare, no soil is overplanted. Yet even with such a meticulous sower, some seed lands on the road or on stones or among thorns, not in fertile ground. Vincent van Gogh understood this. Van Gogh, the late 19th century Dutch post-impressionist artist known for his vivid paintings of sunflowers and of sun-baked rural landscapes in the south of France, he understood that the seeds he depicted in such paintings as wheat field with crows and vase still life with 14 sunflowers were God's word of the kingdom as described in today's gospel passage. And Van Gogh also knew, as do we as people of faith, that Christ is God's word of the kingdom. Christ, the word of God's kingdom, came to proclaim a message. I will set you free I won't let you be anything but holy, good, and free. Now, what many people do not know is that the young Van Gogh set off to follow in his father's footsteps as a Protestant pastor. Van Gogh, the son, spent some years evangelizing, bringing this good news of God's word to the poor beginning with mine workers in southern Belgium. 
And during this time, when Van Gogh was ministering as a missionary, he was able to identify with the miners, their families, and their way of life. And his religious beliefs made him want to alleviate physical and spiritual suffering. Only later did he turn to painting as another way to express his desire to bring people closer to God, closer to each other, and closer to themselves. In 1888, when he was just 35 years old, Van Gogh painted The Sower, an important work in the history of art and surely a scene related to our story today in Matthew's Gospel. It's depicted on the front of the bulletin and I invite you to look at it closely as I continue. Unfortunately, it wasn't printed in color, so you also have my blessing to pull out your phones and Google it and look at it in the beauty of the colors that the 35-year-old Van Gogh selected. Van Gogh had a special interest in sewers throughout his artistic career, and all in all, he made more than 30 drawings and paintings on this theme. And in this particular very powerful painting, one sees the sewer, practiced in the art of sewing, deliberately planting the seed in the soil, and the bright yellow sun in the painting might be interpreted as a halo turning the sower into a saint. For Van Gogh, the color yellow symbolized faith, triumph, and love, and the color blue represented the divine. And he combined these colors on his canvas so that they seemed to move and flow together showing the interrelationship and connectedness of all living things. And there is something holy, good, and free in the figure of the sower, who in the parable, of course, is God in Christ, carefully, deliberately, meticulously planting the good news of God's kingdom in the soil of our hearts, our minds, our very souls. One wonders what the farmers and other folk Jesus was addressing, one wonders what they thought when he said that this seed, the word of God, could yield a hundredfold. We heard that in the gospel passage and we sang it in a hymn this morning. Hundredfold. Most probably, they were just a wee bit skeptical. For as people who worked the land, they knew that no known seed yields such bounty. Maybe tenfold, twentyfold, or even thirtyfold if the seed was planted and cultivated carefully and the soil was fertile. But yields of 60 or 100 were unprecedented almost 
unimaginable. We, two millennia later, so far removed from the agrarian societies of our ancestors, are meant to respond to this parable with awe that God's word possesses such grace and power. We are meant to want this word to be firmly planted in the soil of our own hearts and in the hearts of the great collective you and to yearn for it to be so planted where we can tend to it, hear it, and be transformed a hundredfold ourselves. Of course, the dangers of not tending to it are also outlined in the parable of the sower. In a sense, it is a parable of self-analysis. Are we fertile, well-tilled, deeply mulched soil? Or are we rocky ground? Do we welcome and make opportunities to tend to God's word every day? Or do we spend more time tending to the thorns of wealth and the cares of the world, such that the word, God's word, yields little or even nothing at all? I believe that many who first heard Jesus tell this story figured out its meaning. Namely, we are the soil, and the seed of God's word comes to rest in us. But we are also invited to join Jesus in his mission of tilling, watering, and nurturing God's word. And in accepting this invitation, we become sowers of the word ourselves, like the young Van Gogh, like St. Paul, like the fishermen, tenant farmers, Roman soldiers, and so many others who first heard this story in the first century. Like the skilled sower, May we all become more practiced in letting the word, God's word, take root in our lives so that we might begin to feel and to know that what St. Paul says is true. We are the spirit of God. God's spirit dwells in us. God's beloved son, Jesus, desires to pitch his tent and plant his word in our hearts, minds, and souls so that we might truly become holy, good, and free. And the Holy Spirit seeks fertile ground in which to grow. Let it be so. Here at St. Anne's, in the heart of Annapolis, throughout our communities, and everywhere, forevermore. Amen.